0: This is Gamecock Central Live. We are on YouTube. We are on Twitter. We're on Facebook, and we are archived on all the major podcast networks. If you just search for Gamecock Central Podcast Network, thanks for joining us, Chris. I, as I've posted the audio from our shows all week since we've gone daily, I've noticed because you know you have to sort of uh, you know sort of self evaluate, right? Football players have to self evaluate. I've noticed. The very first thing I say on every show is like the loudest, yes. most mic pop, most, I know, most like messes up the audio thing ever. Yeah. So I'm trying today to take to, cause I, I get excited and then I yell into the mic for the first three words and then I'm fine, I'm cool. So hopefully for especially the people on the podcast that are audio only. Hopefully that was, I was a little bit farther away from the mic um, as we hit this show. But dude, we are two days away, which, as you know, man, I do a lot of our social media stuff. So generally, we, most years we do these countdowns on social media and two days away for Gamecock Nation is officially Sterling Sharp Day because every year there's no, there's no current, the, you know, the jersey is retired. There's no current guy wearing number two. So every year I have to go back and try to find an old number two picture of Sterling Sharp. But every year I know that that means, one, I'm probably way behind on work for the season opener, and two, <laughs> that very shortly we will all be waking up and college game day will be on and there will be a South Carolina game That night, so two days away, guys. I don't want to say we made it, but we've we almost have made it. We've almost made it. Um,
1: The game has not been postponed or canceled as of now, and hopefully that will remain the case. No reason to think otherwise, right? Um, (laughs) Yeah, just don't. You better knock. You better find some wood. Say it. Knock on some wood, dude. There, I did it. So, I mean, Houston has had four postponements i think dana holgerson's houston cougars four postponements of their season opener i think wow like, like, that's out let's try another one that's out look like they're finally going to play i mean holgerson like tweeted out like a picture of like their team bus like we're here we're uh, ready to play and there's nobody there so uh as far as we know man the balls will be coming here it'll be a smaller crowd but there'll be people there it will be on tv it will be happening and so uh yeah, man, I'm super excited about it. It's, it's still almost hard to believe, like, when the ball is kicked, it's going to be like, wow, here it is.
0: Yeah, going to be a little a little odd, I think, off the bat. Um, but, man, I actually – I think the Carolina fans are going to bring the energy. Um, I, I remember the Missouri game – I mean, everybody remembers the Missouri game when there was an absolute hurricane that only s- sort of settled in over Williams-Price Stadium, and – the people that were there were about as loud as any capacity crowd I've I've ever heard. So I think you're going to have some fans who are still excited and fired up for the game, and there'll be a great atmosphere. Um, But for the people who aren't at the game, A, um, we're going to give everybody some love here. A, if they're wanting to get out and have a drink, I hope that they're at Market on Main at their watch party. But if you're a sit-at-home person, I do hope that you still, I think you still have time to get in on one of these game day chairs. So, Chris, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about the game day chair and the guys that make our daily show during the season possible because this is what allows us to come and basically hang out and talk to you guys and gals every day.
1: Yeah, we definitely appreciate affordablemedicalusa.com, which is affordable medical equipment right in West Columbia. Chris opening a new shop soon. And we're going to be there at some point once he opens to sort of show you what they got going on in person. But the game day chair uh, link in the description. If you're on YouTube, but this video, if you're on GamecockCentral.com, go to our front page there uh, to the GC Live sort of story module. And it's in there, too. But basically, it's the most comfortable chair probably that you've ever sat in. You're going to be able to enjoy college football, NFL football Sunday, whatever sports you watch, whatever, if you're Netflix, Hey, whatever you got going on, check out the game day chair. Definitely appreciate the support of affordable medical USA and helping to make this show happen
0: up there in the top left corner. So check those guys out. And dude, I mean, I'm, I'm as thankful as anyone for Netflix and having all that stuff and Disney and all this stuff to watch when we didn't have football, but, um, no watching Netflix in the game day chair on this Saturday. It is absolutely right. prohibited. Friday, that's cool. Sunday, that's even cool. But this Saturday, SEC football, Cox, Tennessee, seven thirty, SEC Network. And speaking of the SEC Network, I'm pumped because in about eight minutes now, uh, we're going to be joined by Alyssa Lane. Uh, we hope we have we were we haven't tested every every show this week we are sort of flying by the seat of our pants. But every day we cross our fingers that when we send this link for the guests to join us live, that it works. So um, at 215, Alyssa Lang, former um, – obviously she a, a USC grad. She uh, worked with Gamecock Central when she, when she was in school, right? Right. Yep. Um, obviously worked at WLTX here in Columbia and then has climbed the ladder very quickly as we all – we all knew sometimes you're around people. You're like, okay, this person's special. They're, you know, they're going to rise in their career very quickly. And Alyssa has done that. She's with SEC Network, I guess, technically, officially, but also, you know, that's all tied into ESPN. She's been on Center. She now has um, her own SEC Network show coming up that she's going to tell us about. And she's also the sideline reporter for the game on Saturday. So this made complete sense to have Alyssa on because there's no shortage of things for us to talk about. And then you got the rest of the SEC slate on Saturday as well, man. I'm I'm curious, Chris, to sit back and enjoy some of these other games on Saturday because, you know, if you look at the lines on these games, there are some, some double-digit lines, you know. But I do think there's some intrigue. You look at, what do you have, Ole Miss and Florida – uh, Florida, Florida's going to all Miss, right? So yes, that's the Lane Kiffin premiere. You know his, his first game there. That will be interesting. You have Auburn and Kentucky, a Kentucky team that some people believe could sort of be a dark horse in the East. So that game is intriguing for me um, as we see what Auburn has. Then we got LSU, Mississippi State, which is the combination of the beginning of the Mike Leach era at MSU. Also, Steve Spurrier Jr., receivers coach, I think. But, um, man, LSU, I think they lost 30-something dudes from their depth chart last year. Crazy. Um, Something insane. It's insane how many people they lost. Did they recruit incredibly well? Always, right? But, dude, I – I don't know if there's one out of those that I mentioned that you would circle, but I do think there are some intriguing um, early games um, to get people ready. I think there's a couple of Big 12 games that could end up being potentially close as well. But if you want to sort of get an idea of some of South Carolina's future opponents and some intriguing storylines with the Mississippi schools, there's plenty to get you ready for for the game uh, Saturday night. Those
1: are the exact three that I had sort of circled. Kentucky, Auburn. I think is probably going to be the best game I would anticipate. Probably the most evenly matched and two teams that South Carolina is going to play this season, right? And so, uh, you know, fairly high expectations for both programs. Two ranked teams. It's a little different right now because not everybody's on the on the board to play, but both are ranked. Auburn, top ten. Kentucky, I think, ranked number twenty three. So. Really curious to see them. You know, lots of sort of intrigue behind both of those squads. I was definitely going to pick out Mississippi State LSU as being interesting for the reasons you said. LSU, you know, Chris Lowe yesterday on our program said that – I thought he put it well. He said they've recruited like gangbusters. Don't feel bad for them, you know. But they did lose a bunch of guys off the depth chart. 14 of them were drafted. I think that was an NFL record. Uh, So they lose a ton. And it's game one in a weird year. Mississippi State, under normal circumstances, you wouldn't exactly pick them to go in there, LSU, and win. And I, I probably, I still wouldn't, to be clear. But it is Mike Leach. He's had a pinch in many stops of just going and pulling random upsets, you know, with his offense. And so I think it's a really, really interesting game. And really, I think what I'm excited about is, you know, just getting the opportunity to see all these teams play. Because uh, really, Wes, you look up Adele's schedule – everybody playing. I mean, South Carolina's playing almost everybody there except, you know, they're not playing Mississippi State, they're not playing Arkansas, and they're not playing Alabama, but everybody else they're going to see this season out of those games. So, um, really interested to get
0: a look at every single one of those squads. You know, Mike Leach, um, in any other year, in any other um, sort of uh, timeline here, I'd be most excited to see Mike Leach at Mississippi State. I feel like, our boy Lane Kiffin almost sort of stole some thunder there by also being hired the same year at a Mississippi SEC school yeah. but there's always been some intrigue for me man in what Mike Leach's system and frankly just his approach to you know to team management different personality we all know that what you know will that work at the SEC level um and it's game one so it it may be a wonderful disaster We don't know, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's like he comes, he's just such a different dude. And I, and I'm, I'm not a big reader. I wish I was, Uh, I need to read more. I know generally smart people read, but um, I have read some of his book, um, which I don't know how much, I mean, you know how that works is like you have ghostwriters and all this stuff, but his book is very entertaining. Uh, I think it's called swing your sword. Um, So dude, Leach in the SEC. I'm very curious to see does it does it work or or not. And then, but you're in the West, so you are constantly beating your head against the wall to try to find some traction in that conference. So yeah. there, I mean, I, I don't know what what are your expectations for him. I think I still think it's gonna be hard for him to recruit at Mississippi State, whereas then you have Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. I think he will recruit well. Um, yeah. There is some South Carolina flavor there. Uh, Matt Lindsey taking over—you um, know—was was on the staff here at South Carolina, it's sort of their GM role they call it over there. So um, that's going to be very intriguing, though, to see Lane and um, yeah, you know, and Leach sort of sort of going going at it.
1: It is the egg bowl is going to be interesting uh, as long as both of those guys are there. But you're right. and, you are right—you know—I think the recruiting will be different, you know, for both those teams. I would imagine Ole Miss will, you know, tie in a little bit more to the southeast. Mississippi State, you know, both of those schools can tap into the JUCO ranks, obviously, in Mississippi. So, you know, you look at what Dan Mullen did there, man. He had them rank, what, one or two at one point in Mississippi State. I mean, it was really a good job. They can never quite get over, but it's difficult to do. I mean, you're in Alabama, LSU, Auburn. I mean, you got everybody jockeying for position there, but. I do think it's an interesting hire and could work because he brings a different style, which I think you probably need when you talk about a place like Starkville, Mississippi State.
2: Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up.
0: Imagine what you could buy in the future. So I used the savings from switching to Progressive 30 years ago to buy tickets to the championship game. You know, between those two teams that didn't exist 30 years ago. Yeah, I'm a big Alaska Palm Trees fan, which is a team now in the future.
1: So switch to Progressive and save
2: big because those savings can add up in the future. Yeah. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. Yes,
0: yeah, so I, I think it'll be fun. Um, like I said, there are a couple of Big Twelve matchups that could be intriguing, but they, um, you know, I, I think for the most part, everybody's going to be excited just to have some SEC ball on their TV. Um, it hasn't been the same for me. I've watched the other games. I've been thankful for the other games, but it has not been the same without SEC ball to talk about. And speaking of SEC ball, I see uh, f- fitting, fittingly, fittingly, Alyssa is snacking. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> before we go live. Um, all right, give me give me a thumbs up when you're ready, Alyssa. Before I okay, she's ready. That that is the most fitting. <laughs> bring in we could ever possibly have joining us now Alyssa lang sec network Alyssa, what are you snacking on my friend
2: um you know i haven't eaten lunch yet today because things have been a little crazy so i'm just uh enjoying a nice kids cliff z bar it is oatmeal cookie flavor and i prefer the kids cliff bars because they have a little less sugar fun fact
0: okay that's that's not a paid promotion um (laughs)
2: Not not a promotion, but
0: it. it I mean, it could. It could be. Be. At Cliff Bar. Hey. Yeah, Cliff Bar. If you're if you're listening, come on. Hey, we had Bojangles randomly reach out to us today for a competition or a a, a giveaway. So maybe Cliff Bar happens to be listening as well. I don't know. Um, Alyssa. So obviously, by the fact that you are trying to cram your lunch in a thirty second window in between interviews, I know you're busy. But I got a feeling you're thankful to be busy right now given the lack of sports we had there for a while. So what have you been doing? How are you doing? And how excited are you for SEC ball?
2: Man, I'm so excited. And I know you guys know just the same. I mean, over the last six months, it's been like, are we going to play or what am I going to do this fall if we don't play? And when the SEC finally put out their plan to move forward and, and try to get this season, it was just like this – Beacon of hope, even though we all knew it wasn't a guarantee, and it's still not a guarantee, anything could you know put a stop to this thing at any minute. It still felt so just, I mean, this overwhelming feeling of happiness to know that we might be able to watch college football this season. So, um, we've been busy, I mean, there was no media days or anything like that, and that's typically like the two weeks that I spend really diving into the season and prepping on each team. So, I sort of was able to trickle that a little bit through the last two or so months but over the last two or three weeks it's finally been like okay we can dive into these media guys and get ready and um, having a game this weekend obviously it makes it even more exciting than just staying in the studio so I am beyond excited to be under the lights this weekend I think more than any other year and I think everybody probably feels that way too.
0: Yeah, and, you know, we were talking – we had Chris Lowe on yesterday, you know, who's covered the SEC for as long as I can remember. And he was like, man, I I feel like I know as little about these teams going in as I ever have just because the access has had – you know, rightfully so, they've had to limit access because, you know, everything's over Zoom. Nobody's really going into practices for the most part. So it, it has been – it's been different. But I know we're all excited. We're glad we're actually going to see some ball – on this Saturday. And um, so you're, you're coming back home to, you know, you are a USC grad. you are gonna be back at Williams-Price stadium. First of all, are you going to get to enjoy some food in Columbia this weekend? Is there going to be time? Are you getting some grouchos or where where are you going to eat in Columbia this weekend?
2: Anywhere I can, to be honest, I actually did a a radio spot with a, a station in Tennessee this week. And they asked me, Hey, where in Columbia should we go eat? And I was like, Palmetto Pig is the go-to spot. Okay. Opinion. I mean, I love Palmetto Pig. I hope that I get to go there before the game, but things are always a little bit crazy on game day itself. Um, I'm excited to be back. It'll be a quick trip, and it's always, you know, much more of a, a business trip when I'm covering yeah. a South Carolina game than it is, you know, when I can kind of step back and, uh, and not be part of the game crew, certainly. So it's always cool to be back in Columbia. Definitely very nostalgic to just be able to drive through campus and see everything um, and, and see everybody too. I mean, seeing Coach Muschamp again and all the guys and Steve Fink, who does a great job as the SID for football. I mean, being able to see him and bother him for everything on game day is certainly something that uh, that I enjoy. But yeah, Groucho, there's actually a Groucho's in Charlotte now. Um, oh, okay. so I don't tweet about missing Groucho's as much because I can just I can just go every day, which is great. I'm extremely thankful to Groucho's for opening a Charlotte location. So um, <laughs> I would probably say Palmetto Pig will be my go-to
0: you you may have had something to do with Groucho's opening in Charlotte potentially I'm not saying but I'm just saying um so so what what is your schedule like this weekend um I mean I know you've got a million things going on but specifically for your game coverage um when do you sort of roll into town when do you leave and is it is it different this year because of the pandemic and everything like take us behind the scenes a little bit how how does this affect y'all as far as the actual process of getting into Columbia, safely getting you know what you need done, staying away from players maybe a little more than than usual type thing? How, how does all that work this year?
2: Yeah, it's a little bit different for everybody just as it is on every side of things. For me personally, um, I've got a lot of studio obligations throughout the week, including Friday night, and then I've got a radio show on Sundays, so I'm actually going to be driving up and back Um, On Saturday. So I'll come up a couple hours before the game starts or down and back, I guess, since I'm north uh, directions. Uh, And then when the game is over, I'll just drive back home so I can hop on the radio Sunday morning. I know a lot of people have a lot of different, um, I guess, procedures for how they're going about this thing. Me and my two broadcast partners, Taylor Zarzer and Matt Stinchcomb, will all be in the stadium. Some people are doing games from their house and calling it that way. So um, it kind of depends on where you are and who you are and how it worked out that week. But it's definitely going to be different. Um, I, I don't think I'll fully understand what the broadcast will look like for me until I'm actually on the field on Saturday to see where I can go, where I can't go how the interviews are going to be socially distanced, because, you know, for me, I've only been doing the sideline thing, you know, a year and a half or so. And you're so used to just it's halftime, you sprint on the field and try to get to coach as quickly as you can. Same with postgame. And you're usually right up in there, you know, getting pushed by players or whatever it is. And with social distancing, that's not going to be the case this year. So I'm going to be really learning as I go, since this is my first game of the season. Thankfully, All of our sideline reporters at ESPN are such good friends and such good uh, wealth of knowledge for everybody. And we actually have a group chat going back and forth for, hey, this is what worked for me this weekend. You could try this or this is what Mm -hmm. works. So um, I'm super blessed to have that and have some resources there to lean on with some of my colleagues. But it's going to be weird. It's going to be weird. It's going to be different. It's probably going to feel different on TV. But at the end of the day. It's college football, and we get to watch it, so I'm not gonna complain,
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think we're all we're all there. It's football, um considering the alternative where uh whatever it looks like let's let's get some ball on t v right and uh you know there'll be some fans there, which i there's a long time I was like i don't know if I don't know if fans are gonna be able to go to games this year there are you know even if it's limited, they'll be there, so um all right, before I embarrass the both of you um chris i've been talk I've been running my mouth, Chris. What, what you got on your mind over there man yeah so one thing I was wondering about and
1: I, I thought Wes was gonna get there but not quite so when when you're preparing you know you've got a lot of different things going on you know radio TV sideline stuff what's your like preparation like for a sideline reporting gig I guess you would say yeah. you know pouring over media guides is it doing some advanced interview work like and it, maybe it's different this year but what what is that like? in preparation for doing that?
2: I do a little bit of everything. Um, Thankfully, because I am in studio every week and we talk about all these teams, I I have an already base knowledge of basically all 14 teams in the SEC. So it's more of a kind of going over the specifics. And as we sit here, I literally have my two Tennessee and South Carolina depth charts and rosters with guys highlighted that I want to do a little bit more digging on. Um, For me, you know, while talking about the X's and O's and making sure that, Fans can understand or have a front row seat to what's going on on the field, as far as the game is concerned. That's that's all very important. But one thing that I try to really take to heart week to week is to humanize these guys and to teach the fans at home something about who they are off the field, or what they're interested in, or what kind of things they're talented in that have nothing to do with football. So um, I tell a lot of young broadcasters and young journalists who who ask that same question, I look at all the things that don't have anything to do with them as a football player. So their Instagram or their Twitter or if they're on TikTok and things like that, And honestly, that's how I tend to learn the most about um, who makes or what makes them uh, who they are. And that's something that I spend a lot of time, honestly, just scrolling through Instagram and looking at pictures of their puppies and things like that. So that when we do get to meet with them and I do get to have a conversation with them, you know, a little bit more than just their stat line. And that's really important to me, especially covering the SEC and letting these guys know that. I and many others care a lot more about what they're just doing on the field, but, but who they are um, behind the scenes. So there's that. And then there's obviously, you know, I, I try to memorize each depth chart as best I can so that when I'm watching the action on the field, I don't have to consult, you know, a roster or a depth chart every two seconds to say, Oh, who's that guy. So it's just completely automatic. Um, and then we just gather a lot of storylines that I want to make sure that, we get on the broadcast that aren't necessarily things that I see in the moment, but maybe a story that uh, broke during the week or something that Gamecock fans or Tennessee fans might be interested in. Like the Jay Urich story is one that obviously we're, we're going to talk about this weekend from his matter is the minimum sign to where he is now with the program as a grad assistant. So um, those are things that I'll get pre-produced and pre-written and uh, pre-planned before we get to the actual stadium. So um, it's a lot of flashcards, like I used to be in school and memorizing things and trying to find anything I can. So I uh, I do a lot of reading up until probably right before kickoff.
0: This um this has brought many questions to my mind. First of all, um are are you in on the TikTok craze? Are are you on there? Because I the so, thing about t- yeah, go ahead.
2: So I'm like I'm on TikTok, and when I say I'm on TikTok, I don't even have a profile picture or anything. I just have a profile so I can watch other people's TikToks. And I, I honestly didn't even get into it just for game prep. I got into it during quarantine and over the summer when I was just bored. And I would watch TikTok for like two hours at a time. Like it's
0: it's scary. It's for bad. That.
2: but I will say I I felt very proud of how I um. Really took advantage of, I guess, the TikTok algorithm, and I I only liked videos that had hashtag dog or hashtag cat or hashtag pets of TikTok. So when I get on TikTok now, that's all I see is just dog TikToks, and that's where I'd like to stay is, is dog TikToks. So it's good.
0: The ability for TikTok to just erase time, like if 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 you're if you're trying to to go to sleep. Do not hop on TikTok before Bad. bed because it will be one a.m. and you will be watching people grilling steak yep. at at one a.m. It not. is ridiculous. <laughs> um, but I see, I see why it's successful. I will give them credit; is it, it works. Um, and you're talking about pets. So is uh, I know you have a puppy. Yeah. Is Marvel is Marvel around right now? Is he? I don't I know, do know you if you're at the studio. Here
2: barking at the beginning of this interview. Um, upstairs, uh, He has been with his dad upstairs while I've been taping things throughout the day. And I actually, right before I hopped on with you guys, I ran upstairs and I was like, you have to just be in everything that mom does because there (laughs) has not been one thing that I've recorded, certainly in the last two weeks or been on the radio that he has not barked in the background of. And I'm just like, like, I know everyone understands because it's work from home. But I'm just like, dude, dude, you get all the attention the rest of the day. Just let mom have this one moment. <laughs> no, At least it,
1: it sounded like Chris Lowe had some. Uh, does he have any pet birds? Do you know, Alyssa? It sounded like he had some birds yesterday going on. Oh, i not
2: sure. I yeah. Maybe he's like he live right?
1: from like a zoo or something. He, he, had, <laughs> he had some birds going on.
2: I feel so like everyone you know. I know, well, I, not that I know a lot of people with birds, but when I have talked to people <laughs> who have birds or have friends who have birds, they just say like, Oh yeah, if you have a bird, you can't keep their cage up against the wall. Cause they just poop on the wall. And I'm like, okay, that's an interesting tidbit. But like every time on separate occasions, I talk to people about having birds. That's always the thing they say, which is weird to me.
0: We, now I I knew you were going to bring the knowledge today. Did not <laughs> yes. have that on my on my bingo card. Um, birds pooping on walls. Yes, we uh, knew? We, we need a, we need a brought to you by the Riverbanks Zoo um, GC Live. Um, if you guys want to in, uh, we can get you hooked up. But okay, so. By the way, when when I messaged Alyssa earlier this week, I was like, hey, we're doing the daily show now. You should come on. She said, what about Thursday, Friday, later in the week? I said, that's cool. Let's do Thursday. So today was meant to be. Y'all don't know this yet, but today was meant to be. Because I was like, all right, we got to do something fun. Alyssa used to work with Gamecock Central in high school. Or in college, I should say. Golly, in college. (laughs) Well, so I go to to our trusty YouTube.
2: Oh, no. And –
0: I type in Alyssa Lang Gamecock Central. And one of the first things that pops up, September 24th, so today,
2: today. 9-24-2013. Wow.
0: Seven, seven years ago. And we're going to grace everyone with this video from back then. If it's going to work.
2: Now we will touch on some Gamecock football headlines going into next week. Looking back at this week, Chris, what are the biggest changes? What are some things that Gamecock fans need to know based on practice this past week?
1: Yeah, South Carolina practice is later today. Um, and they get a three-day weekend going into UCF game preparation. So this week's a bye week. Uh, this week has been a bye week. So a few things to watch for. Uh, number one, the linebacker group. Defensive staff looking for more production out of that unit.
0: So yeah, beautiful. Yeah, seven seven years ago today, um, I, we had to play that. Um, but Thank dude, time time has flown by. Yeah,
2: it's great. and and I remember doing those like it was yesterday. Like, I mean, I remember when. I started working with you guys. It was the coolest thing ever. And being able to do those videos with you guys was just so cool. And I enjoyed every single one of them. But I also like I'm watching that and I just remember how nervous I felt. Like I was sitting there like, oh, this is Chris Clark with Gamecock Central. He (laughs) knows everything. Oh, Oh my gosh. And it's just so crazy to be sitting here now looking back on how we look like absolute babies.
1: (laughs) It it would have been nice. I will say so. I, I told Wes it was nice that he didn't do one where I was actually eating the microphone, but I would have appreciated if he would have taught me like, Hey, you can lower that a little bit. That would have been nice, but that's okay.
2: Um,
1: yeah. that
2: say that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, we, we were getting, we were getting by. I think you told me something about one. Yeah. You can, you know, you can put that down a little bit. Yeah,
2: a little yeah. bit. Yeah, you know, like none of, neither of us knew what we were doing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I definitely I'm do not, not know from what there,
2: there. <laughs> but like now, now you know that you know chest level.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. You. Now I know. Now I see, like I've got this blending into my shirt, but I don't have it like here. <laughs> it's down a little bit. So I've she, learned. As
2: she as was far, very. As she as was very politely,
0: politely telling, us, telling
2: you gamecock analysis videos out there. So.
0: Oh this, yeah, you're smiling now. At least you are. Yeah. You're relaxing. I think that you're one
2: thing that took me a long time to do was remember to chill out <laughs> and just relax.
1: We luckily, Wes did not find like well, ooh, maybe maybe we should take that off air, but he didn't find like the Ron Aiken. Um, you know, like what was it like? He was a burglar or something. Video, a Jeff Tyner production. You know, remember Jazzy Jeff Tyner on the yeah, production. He course? did
2: a fantastic job with all the video editing. I remember, and and West. I remember doing so many of those things that they all kind of like blended together. But I'm vaguely remembering what you're talking about, and it's scaring me if it still exists on the no, internet.
1: Wes, now you do not have permission to play those. <laughs> we we need to. I've got access, so I'll get it deleted, Alyssa, before the uh, before the
0: program is over i i can confirm it does still exist it cool. it's, it's out there but i i figured i would play one that was just you know tame like you could see yourself seven years ago but yeah but it was it was safe it was good it was fine um so all right Alyssa, seven years later do you, do you ever do you get nervous at all when you go live now or is there oh. all so, the time you did you did so you did sports center um at some point, I, I mean, the entire, everything's run together the last few months. Yeah. When was the first time you did SportsCenter?
2: So there's, there's a bunch of different things that I've been able to do up in Bristol. A couple of which are for the most part are the sports center updates, which mm-hmm. was definitely at that point, I think the most nervous I had ever been for anything. Um, and those are little like one to two minute sports updates that they'll run during first take and the Stephen A. Smith show at the time. Um, So that was I think my first time really like being on big ESPN, if you will. Um, So that was pretty nerve wracking. But then after you know, you do probably five or six of them throughout the day, once you do one and you realize like, okay, it's not just you in local news, a lot of times it was just you doing everything. And now I'm so blessed to have a lot of coworkers who help put things together and help kind of orchestrate it, a little less nervous. And then last basketball season, I was covering an Ole Miss game, and it was about a week after Brian Tyree and a couple of the Ole Miss basketball players took a knee before the game started, um, because as they were doing this, there was a, um, a Confederate rally happening on their campus. Um, mm-hmm. So I did the very next game, and you know, there was a lot of conversation about, are they going to do it again? What's going to happen? And I did a sports center hit there for the six o'clock sports center. And um, there were a lot of nerves there, but not even really because it was sports center. It was just one of those stories that I wanted to make sure I did right by the guys as far as, you know, explaining where their mindsets were and and really just being a megaphone for why they felt that way. Um, And then knowing that it was on a platform like sports center was a, a wave of different emotions. But Honestly, I think because it was that story, I was forced to be a little bit more calm and a little bit more uh, relaxed and grounded to make sure that, you know, it was my responsibility to display them the way they wanted to be. So it it was nerve wracking for a lot of reasons, but I think probably the most nervous that I've been just as far as like a broadcast in general um, was when I did an Alabama game last year. And I knew uh, I knew I was going to be getting Saban at halftime and (laughs) post because it was still, you know, it was one of those games, I think it was like 50 to seven was the final. Um, And I just remember being like, you know, I'm, I'm confident in that I'll be able to ask a good question or whatever it might be. But like, if I stutter or what if I say it wrong and then Saban's going to remember that forever and then like always going to see me and so I was very nervous for that um thankfully everything went okay but there's always there's always moments before tournaments or whatever it is that even when we got back in studio a couple months ago you just get those nervous butterflies of like I either haven't done this in a while or oh my goodness but I honestly hope I never stop or I, I hope I always have those butterflies because I think mm-hmm. it, it's such an emotional thing. Um, it, It's so much adrenaline to be able to do what we do and, and, and in TV and that's what makes it fun. Um, So I hope I always have that feeling, but yeah, I, I get nervous all the time, basically every day, but it's cool. I like it. <laughs>
1: Did, who, who uh, taught Saban to look at the camera? Have you like, you noticed that, you know how he'll, like he'll, he'll give his answer like real low voice and then he'll look at the camera like he said, <laughs> like he's been coached to do it. Like he's the only one that does that, isn't he?
2: You know, I'm not sure, but someone did point that out to me yeah. not too long ago. And I hadn't noticed it before that. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. He is looking right at the camera. I don't know. Maybe that's what makes him comfortable. I, I don't know. I'll, I'll ask him next time and see how it goes.
0: All right. Yeah. Do that. <laughs> Do, uh, do you still get nervous to talk to Chris Clark? I don't, I don't. Oh, yeah, I
2: absolutely. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I, I mean, and I think to your point, like even doing the, you have to, it sort of grounds you a little bit to get those nerves because you never, you kind of never want to forget, okay, I am live. Right. Like if you, you can't, if you get, a if you get too comfortable, that's when, you know, you just, you have to sort of remind yourself, Hey, you you kind of want, I guess you kind of have to like walk that line right between being relaxed and comfortable and yourself, but also remembering I am going live. A lot of people are watching this. You have to, and I think, you know, you do a great job of keeping it professional, but y'all also, I think the great thing about where you work too, they let you guys have fun with it. It seems like, like if there's anything anybody can get from watching you guys just interact, it's like, okay, they're having a blast doing what they do. It seems I'm
2: glad like. you say that because that's exactly how I hope it comes across. And that's always one of my, I think, most asked people ask me the most is, you know, like, how did you find – yourself on broadcast or on TV? Or how do you, you know, translate your personality? And, and the honest answer is it took me a long time. I mean, you guys just played that clip. Like I sounded like a robot being like, Chris, they just had a bye week. What's important? now?" <laughs> like, I didn't even look at you. I mean, and it, as I was nervous, and I was uncomfortable. And, and I think the more reps you get, and the more time you spend doing it, the more comfortable you become with you know, who you are and what you're about. And, and to your point, you know, there's definitely an element of like a game face. You have to put your game mm-hmm. face on. And and I can't treat a game the same as I would treat it as if I were sitting on my couch. You know, I think there's a point to where like you still have to stay a football fan at heart because that's why we all got into this. But at the same time you can't be in this, you know, like lackadaisical state. Otherwise things are gonna go wrong in the world of live TV. So um I, I think there's Definitely a line. And there's this moment, at least there was for me. Um, and I would say it was probably half a year, a year or so into my time with SEC Network, honestly, where I finally felt like I was comfortable being myself. Um, mm-hmm. It's crazy because if you would ask me, I I wish I would have gotten to that point before I started working here. Uh, But when I was working in local TV and just the grind of that and you've got your three minute sports cast and it's just, you know, it's different rules than when you have 30 minutes to talk about sports. um, I was still kind of trying to figure out who I wanted to be. And it wasn't until I got to this environment of SEC Network and ESPN where they want you to be creative and they want you to tell the story in a fun way. Um, Thinking out loud was a huge part of why I finally was able to kind of open up and say, "Okay, like I'm allowed to just be a sports fan who covers the league. Um, And that was really a defining moment for me, I think. And it just it makes it so much more fun.
0: I know. um, So you've got the in-studio stuff. Sideline stuff, radio show, and now um, we have coming up. You're gonna have to. Your schedule is insane. So tell. I've, I've got your graphic. Um, what? What? First of all, was this moment like when you uh, when you see this, and you know it comes out that you've got your show. Um, tell us sort of just how that felt, and then tell tell us about the show. Like, what's uh, what? Are, you know, what are you gonna be talking about? Um, what can viewers expect and when can they, uh, can they watch out of pocket?
2: Yeah, it was so crazy how all this kind of came about. And, um, I owe a ton to a couple of our producers at SEC network who listen to ESPN radio a lot. And I did a lot of ESPN radio work over the summer. Um, and they were just kind of like, you know what, this might have some legs to sort of do a TV show with sort of a flair for what I would be doing on radio as far as sharing opinions and things like that, which I don't typically get to do as a studio host. Um, So that's sort of how the ball started rolling with this. And, uh, you know, we called it out of pocket, because that's exactly what I hope that it is, uh, in the sense of the way you would use that phrase on the football field, and also in conversation, as far as maybe things being a little bit Unconventional or even uncomfortable, a little weird. Um, I know I mentioned, you know, what's something I'm really passionate about is telling guys stories and and who they are off the field. And that goes for coaches and players and really everybody. So that will be the goal of this show is to not only dig into some of the storylines that you'll see on Saturdays, uh, but to dig into who these guys are. And for example, we did our first interview today um, for the show on Saturday, and I had two players from Kentucky on. Um, And I asked them a couple of football questions. But some of the best stuff we got was when I was asking them things completely irrelevant to their game on Saturday. Uh, And they gave us some answers that were just uh, amazing. I mean, I was rolling on the floor laughing. So um, I I love the opportunity to be able to not only connect with the viewers um, from my own personality and their personality, but but bring that from a player's perspective too. Um, We'll have a ton of different segments that get fans involved, plenty of food. As you guys know, that's something that is near and dear to my heart is uh, food of all kinds. So we'll do a lot of that, and uh, it's really supposed to just encapsulate that feeling of waking up on a Saturday morning and knowing you have a full slate of football. What do we want to talk about? What do you need to know? What are some of those quirky things that you can look at and be like, Oh yeah, that's the Vanderbilt coach, Derek Mason. He eats gummy worms at halftime of the football, uh, football games, which is something that he told me over the summer. I love stuff like that. Um, I know SEC fans do too, because they're all crazy rabid football fans. So um, I'm looking forward to being able to do that this year.
1: Is is that like the favorite part for, for you is like, what is your favorite part about this job? Is it just, I think you maybe even mentioned that earlier, like just meeting people, interacting with people. Is it just like having the chance to do, I assume this is sort of like your dream job sort of situation. Like is, what is the best part? Cause for me and Wes and I talk about this a lot, like just the people, there are some things about the job that are like, you know, sort of mundane or whatever things that maybe you don't always necessarily like, but just the people we've gotten to meet is pretty awesome. Like I never thought I'd be able to do stuff like that. And ours is different than yours, but like, is that the best part for you?
2: Yeah. Um, Just, you know, the relationships. And this is on all sides of the conference when it comes to all seasons. I mean, some of the analysts we work with are just incredible. I know we don't have them anymore, but Andy Kennedy did a lot of basketball stuff for us over the last two years. AK became one of my favorite people to work with, not only because he's a hilarious individual, but the way he can explain and break down the game of basketball was just was amazing. And having these resources like Matt Stitch come to for football, I mean, these are guys that I can sit with and talk ball and learn from because they were on a stage that I wasn't on. And and those conversations, I can't tell you How many times I've taken them into a meeting with a player or a coach or it's turned into another question that's provoked another conversation just because they're a well of knowledge and the same with the players and coaches in our league. I know I talked about being really nervous to interview Nick Saban and that Friday when we were in the meetings before that game. I had this moment where, you know, Coach Saban loves to talk football, like he loves to talk ball. If you've ever watched any of the ESPN plus documentaries where he's going through tape, I mean, he loves it. And I remember having this moment in our meeting where I kind of looked up and you know, it was just the four of us in there. And I was like, he just loves explaining to us, you know, every single little bit of his roster and what makes this guy successful and what this guy needs to work on. And I think he would have stayed in there with us for an hour if he could. And, and I'd never met him before. And we know sabin has got better things to do, but just knowing how much he loves the game and knowing that I get to sit in those rooms with people like that. Not only does it teach me so much, but it's inspiring too. just to know that, man, I got to talk to Nick Sabin today. That's awesome. I get to talk to, I get to interview either Will Muschamp or Jeremy Pruitt after a game on Saturday. I mean, two football, just geniuses. So it's, it's it's definitely the relationships
0: for sure, and I I think we at this point need you to find out what Will Muschamp eats at halftime because I'll ever since that. yeah I I mean I know they're big on peanut butter and jelly like if you go in their locker room there's like peanut peanut butter and jelly everywhere right. um but I I'd, I'd love to know Sure, he's got to get a snack of some type all the energy he expends you on the sideline.
2: I feel like he's probably like a chug a Gatorade at halftime kind of guy. Probably. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But this is, you raise a good point. You know, I've never had that conversation with him. Um, I did get to have a very like out of pocket conversation with Frank Martin over the summer. Um, And he told me some just awesome stuff that if you didn't already think Frank Martin was awesome, this just further confirmed that. Um, But yeah, I, I need to figure out some of that stuff from coach because- like for all we know, he could be pounding a Big Mac or something at halftime, and yes. know that information.
0: That I'm I'm gonna yeah. look for that on Saturday. All right. um, yeah. <laughs> all right. Speaking of food, I know I know the three people on this screen right now all love barbecue. Um, yes. Maybe as much as football, but <laughs> dude. So me, uh, I saw your tweet, and for some reason it's not pulling up right now. There it is. There it is.
2: It doesn't look as good in the picture. I'll say, like, and and a lot of people thought that I made it, which I <laughs> I think is impressive. Maybe if you don't know me, that yes, but if you know me, you know I didn't make that. <laughs> what,
0: what what's going on here? I mean, I I I think it looks amazing. Yes, yeah, um, but-
2: I, I did too. Like, I didn't see anything wrong with it. Um, there was a barbecue food truck in our neighborhood last night, so naturally I mean. that's where we. Um, went for dinner last night and I was originally going to get ribs, but they were out of ribs. And he said, well, honestly, our barbecue Sunday is our best seller. And I was basically like, I now have a duty to the people on social media to try the barbecue Sunday. Um, so I did. And it, it was wonderful. Um, I will say, and I know this is a sin. This is a sin and I'm sorry, but I, it was supposed to come with coleslaw. But I don't. I just don't like coleslaw. I I just can't do it, and I don't like it. So there, it was supposed to be on top, but it was baked beans, mac and cheese, and then I selected pulled pork. You could also do smoked chicken if you wanted that. Um, okay. And it was it was lovely. Uh, there were a lot of split reviews on Twitter. A lot of people who were like, "This looks terrible." Uh, I think Steven Garcia and Andrew Clifford actually were going back and forth to former. Game caught great quarterbacks uh, about whether or not they would eat it. So it didn't mix together as much as I think everyone thought it would. Like everyone just thought it was like this one big just slop thing, but I did end up dumping it into a bowl and it, it really was like very separate. Like I could taste the mac and cheese and the beans and the pork all separately. So ten out of ten.
0: There there you oh, go. You Chris, you would you would eat that, right?
1: Dude, I, Yes. Now there was okay. a food truck. I want to say, and I I want to give proper credit. I feel like, you remember Dustin Lindsay? They had a barbecue food truck in Columbia. I think they had a barbecue Sunday, but if it's not theirs, it's somebody else's. I've had one. I thought it was delicious. Yeah. yeah. Dustin and Jordan. Uh, they
2: had them at the state fair too. I don't think they were, bar. well, maybe they were barbecue. where it was. We got one at the state fair last year and it was basically, I think, French fries. And then like the like nacho cheese and pulled pork, I think. So this one was a little better, um, but I do have something very similar at the State Fair.
1: So and I might have had mine at Soda City. That might have been it, too. So you mentioned 10 out of 10. Wes has a rating scale, food rating scale. Right now is for brownies only as far as for 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 cookies and brownies. Right. I was curious about your personal food rating scale. I don't really have one. I just say like it's awesome or whatever, but Wes has to, I'm sorry. Well, you embarrassed me earlier. So whatever Um, his scale is one through 10 and it has to be, I think a seven in order for Wes to eat said cookie, brownie, whatever. So if you're at a wedding reception or, you know, even a press box, which those tend to be on the lower end of the spectrum normally, then it has to be a seven. So do you have a food rating scale or how do you sort of figure things out?
2: I really don't have a scale. Um right. I'm kind of basically like a, this is really good or I don't like this person. That's,
0: that's me. Uh, all you know, or nothing.
2: um I also kind of go by a rule. Like I'll try anything twice. So I, you know, like if something's not good, but other people say it's good or I feel like I'm missing something, I'll try it again. But then if I still don't like it, we're done. That's it. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much just in the good or bad category.
1: Anything you're out on, like the two times rule, like it's not like just a general food or a plate. Well, we don't have to mention a place. Goodness. We don't want to embarrass anybody, but.
2: Um, I really, uh, I wish I liked, um, Brussels sprouts. I really don't like Brussels sprouts. Um, but I feel like that's a pretty common thing. Like people either love or hate Brussels sprouts. Uh, I'm they
0: to- smell bad.
2: Yeah, they just they just can't do it. And I wish I wish I liked it. Um, I just I I can't do it. Um, man, I'm I'm really like not that picky to be honest with yeah. you. I basically eat anything. Um, but yeah, anything like weird obviously I'm gonna like I know like I have some friends who order the dried crickets or whatever off Amazon like the barbecue crickets nah. Chris is gonna be like he's never even heard of this,
0: nah, I'm this not trying
2: that. Yeah. like I'm not doing that but yeah I think
0: I'm
1: I think I'm <laughs> out on that so hard, hard pass you know the yeah. worst thing I've ever had it, that I will never try again so I like lobster rolls but for some reason I had a lobster roll at Captain D's one time. Now, why was I at a Captain D's? That's you know, that's <laughs> a question like in and of itself. Your first
2: mistake.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> should have yeah. just stopped there. Yeah, just pass on by. So yeah. anyway,
0: all right. So um, <laughs> all right, <laughs> let's move on. Segway. Uh, I, yeah. I don't. I don't have one. There's none. Um,
2: there's
0: none. All right. So South Carolina, Tennessee, Saturday uh Alyssa I know you got your your game notes you've been going over what um has stood out to you so far as you have started to dive into the game what are just the keys or the things that have just maybe popped out as you've started reading about both of these teams so far and doing your research
2: you know these teams I think in in so many ways are so similar um there are two squads who you know had okay years last year I think Tennessee fans would say it ended up being a good year based on how they started, Um, but no one would have wanted to start that way. Uh, I'm going to be really interested to see how Tennessee does come out against South Carolina on Saturday night. Uh, A lot of the things we talked about last year surrounded the youth of that team and guys that just hadn't had a lot of reps or literally were fresh off a high school football field and, and maybe that that contributed to their slow start. Uh, There won't really be that excuse this year. Um, There are plenty of now veteran guys who should be able to get these guys up and going immediately. But, you know, the same holds true for the other side of the ball. We know South Carolina hasn't necessarily gotten off to quick starts, certainly over the last couple of years in home open or or in opening games specifically. So uh, I hope that we see a lot of high energy from both sides to really, you know, hit the ground running, not only, you know, for the sake of the game, but because this season being a 10 game or a 10 sec game season, you don't have a choice, but to start fast. Uh, If you're not, you're, you're way behind the eight ball already. So um, one thing, one matchup, I guess I'll say, I'm, I'm really interested to see is, is Jarrett Garantano back at starting quarterback for Tennessee? And then the two corners that South Carolina have and Israel Mukwamu and J.C. Horn. I mean, I keep reading all these stories out of Columbia that, I mean, they feel good about themselves. They think they're one of the best corner duo in the country. Uh, we know what Mukwamu was able to do last year against Georgia when he put on an absolute show. Um, but, you know, Garantano and J.T. Shrout, I believe it was through all over South Carolina last year in that game. So uh, will it be the same this year? I'm not sure. But if they come out and try to launch a deep ball right off the bat, like they did again last year, it it might be a long night for those two. Uh, But it'll be interesting. And then I know Gamecock fans are really excited to see what Colin Hill looks like. Um, I think We all kind of knew where that was going when he came over with Coach Bobo. I mean, as a grad transfer, you're probably not going to leave a starting job to go be a backup in your last year. So Um, I'm really interested and and excited to get to know him when we have our meetings before Mm -hmm. the game. Um, But some of the people that I've talked to who had Colorado State games already were just talking about how cool it was to watch those two work um, and run an offense together so if the stories are true from their last stop together uh, I'm really excited to see what South Carolina looks like on offense this Saturday
0: and a a great kid as well I think you'll you'll enjoy talking to him really good dude you can tell from a great family he's a you know a Palmetto State kid so I know he's he's excited to get back home um, and and, you know sort of fulfill a dream so I I know we got to let you go Alyssa but we appreciate the time. Hey, this has been fun. I hope you've enjoyed it as well. Um, we'll have to do it again. Uh, we appreciate you always taking the time for us, and it's been fun to watch you, you know, climb the career ladder, I should say. Tell us, all right, what what's your where, – where can we find you? Um, what's the schedule for the radio, the TV, your – I mean – you got everything going on. It's Tell us.
2: Everywhere, it's everywhere. I'm lucky if I can keep up. Um, I'm always on Twitter. I'm always online at Alyssa Lang, and then uh, we'll be back on Thinking Out Loud Monday nights at seven o'clock. Um, out of Pocket will debut this Saturday at nine thirty Eastern, and then I'm on the radio on Sundays, talking all things NFL um, with Field Yates from five to nine on ESPN Radio. Um, so those are my three. Main spots if you're trying to find where I'm
0: at, <laughs> yeah. So set your DVR 9 30 this Saturday. Wake up, have your coffee. I hope you aren't drinking beer yet at that time. And, um, you may be, I don't know, no judgment. Yeah, watch Alyssa in the new show. Alyssa enjoyed it, it was awesome. Have fun at the game Saturday. Get you some Groucho's or wherever, uh, Palmetto Pig, and uh, we'll see you soon. Okay,
2: <laughs> I will. Thank you so much. I'll talk. You-
0: All right, guys. Um, Alyssa just cut herself off there. I know she's <laughs> she got to be somewhere at three, but yeah. um, yeah, awesome stuff as always from her. Um, and and I think Chris, um, and, and yeah, we we did, I saw somebody on here giving us crap for talking about food too much, but it is what it is. I mean, we all love food, food and football, they all go together in the SEC. So yeah, we're going to talk a little bit of barbecue sometimes. It's okay. Um, but I I think she nailed it, man. I, I mean, yes, it does start, I think, with some of the stuff up front. But the, the two battles where you're looking at South Carolina's receivers against Tennessee's DBs and then Tennessee's receivers against South Carolina's DBs, you really have two matchups where both South Carolina and Tennessee are trying to replace – some really good you know, receivers from last year and are going to have to sort of uh, find a way for some guys to step up and go from being backups or sort of second or third um, options to being the option, Shia yep. Smith for South Carolina, Xavier Leggett for South Carolina. So, I mean, I, I think she's on to, if you want to look back at the game last year, a big difference in the game as we've talked about and then a big key in the game this week as well.
1: Yeah, and I mean, obviously, the the missing ingredient for Tennessee to be able to do what they did last year is not having those two senior receivers. You know, Marquez Callaway and Juwan Johnson, Juwan Jennings. I'm sorry, but you know, those two guys are huge in that game. But Tennessee did a really good job, whether it's schematically or just from an execution standpoint, and they were able to run the ball some. And so, uh, you know, I don't know if they're going to be able to count on one-on-one victories as much this year, but we'll see, you know, we, I don't know that anybody anticipated that going into the game last year, at least on that scale. I did not. I'll, I'll speak for myself on that. Um, and then, you know, obviously for South Carolina, the other side, they've got to find some guys who can make some plays to be able to step up that, you know, this, this offense for South Carolina, we know Mike Bobo has a lot of experience. We know Colin Hill has experience. What it's all about really, man, is can they find some playmakers? Can they run the football?
0: that's going to be huge. All right, let's hit on a couple of questions and some comments. <laughs> this one actually almost made me bust out loud uh laughing. Uh man said uh Scratch yeah. Captain D's from the sponsor list. I don't know if they were on the potential sponsor list anyway, but yeah. um normally we don't throw shade, but I'm I'm kind of with you on the <laughs> on the Captain D's uh lobster roll. Um you know, may, maybe some, you know, some some fried fish from captain D's I'm oh, down yeah. for it. like I'm yeah. in on that, but lobster roll yeah. from there. I, I don't know, but uh, yeah, I thought yeah. the same thing that Stikeman, uh uh-huh. said there when you said that. Um, all right, dude. So I didn't really think this would ever be a topic this week, but it has been, if you're paying attention on Twitter, people are talking about it on here. Um, Lots of conversation on that. There's a lot of people yeah. ticked off. About there being no spurs on this dagum statue. This is the so, new uh,
1: turf for
0: that concert.
1: Remember before the before the game. Yes, is a, it
0: good call? That is a <laughs> great call. Um, yep. Are y'all are y'all that mad about these spurs? Like but, put I, it in one the of comment- my guys in, in a in a chat
1: that I'm in said that uh, it was a hen, not a gamecock, because <laughs> it didn't have the spurs. <laughs> yep. I you mean, know what? It, it's it's gotten to the point where now I'm going to have to go ask somebody about it. We got to go yeah. ask people that, you know, maybe at least have some knowledge of the design of it's this a story.
0: Thing. Yeah. Somebody's going to go add some spurs to it, like just glue them on or something. I, I think the, um, I think we've had an email today saying that the sculptor, is that what you call him? The guy who, who made the statue is going to be available to the media soon, I think. Oh, boy. So, here we go. That's going to be <laughs>
1: – Dude, he's about to get grilled. I have no idea.
0: <laughs> Dave Kloniger, Dave first question. Um, <laughs> where where are the Spurs, man? Yes, um,
1: there is no doubt.
0: All right, Sam had a question here. Uh, those of you who can see it, you see it right there. Those of you who are listening, I uh, keep hearing people say Tennessee and USC are very similar, yet Tennessee is ranked number sixteen. South Carolina is unranked. Well, I mean, I, I think first of all, Sam, and and I mean it's a it's a good point. Like I, I get what you're saying. But um first thing I would say there is there's a much more limited pool of teams that you know are in the pool of teams who can be in the top twenty five. So until so currently there's no Pac 12, obviously, and there's no Big Ten, they'll be reinserted in those polls once they start playing. So that actually skews what a top 25 team is, is part of it, I think. Then, Chris, I think you look – I mean, Vegas has this as a – has the line set at three. So I think you look and Vegas sees – this is a Tennessee team that did win a lot of games down the stretch, but has a lot of close games. Not necessarily against a lot of great teams. Um, found a way to win. Statistically, though, they're very similar to South Carolina last year. Yeah. Um, South Carolina had a bunch of injuries. The perception, if you don't really follow South Carolina, is that what's well, a 4-8 and eight team versus a – I, I don't even remember what what Tennessee finished last year off the top of my head. But I know they won a lot of games down the stretch. But Vegas doesn't really care about the actual records. They're looking at the matchups. They're looking at how do these two teams sort of match up against each other. If you even look at the game last year, special teams plays can very much skew an outcome in that it may create – it still happened. That's how it played out. But if you were to replay that game ten times, which is more what Vegas is looking at, it's a statistical analysis. Those special teams plays probably don't happen the other nine times. And is a Tennessee offense that has not been dominant against a, you know, a South Carolina defense that I think we think most people think can be solid. Even the like SP plus stuff, uh, Will Helms has a, has a good article right now, Chris, delving into that stuff. The SP plus I think has South Carolina as like the 36th ranked team in the country, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee. I don't remember. I I can actually pull that up here shortly. But point being, if you really look at them analytically, the two teams are probably pretty close, and it's in Columbia. Yeah,
1: and so I think there's two different things. And by the way, Tennessee did win eight games last year. So when we say they're similar, one of the ways in which we're talking about that they're similar is stylistically – defensively, there's going to be some carryover, right? Will Muschamp and Jeremy Pruitt think in similar terms, not exactly the same, but they both have worked under Saban. They both, you know, defensively have some similar concepts, evaluate players in similar, you know, ways. There's a lot of staff familiarity and carryover. Mike Bobo, offensive coordinator for South Carolina, has worked with Jeremy Pruitt. He's really good friends with Will Friend. who's offensive line coach for Tennessee, uh, Tracy Rocker worked at Tennessee last season, you know, so there's familiarity with that. And even Jim Chaney and Mike Bobo, they don't run the same offensive system, but they both have are guys that have experience in pro style and spread type concepts. They blend all that into their offenses. So that's what we mean when we say stylistically and maybe even philosophically, the teams are similar. So in other words, it's not like we wouldn't say South Carolina or Tennessee is like Mississippi state. Because Mike Leach, you know, offensively is going to do something totally different than both those teams. And defensively, I can't even remember off the top of my head what they're going to do on defense this year. But I don't think it's a Saban tree guy. Could be mistaken about that. So that's one thing. And then secondly, you know, yeah, Tennessee 16. South Carolina, it, a lot of that's because it's a prove it type of thing. And there's a lot of, you know, concerns, you know, legitimate concerns about this offense. But it's not like they're miles apart, even last season. South Carolina was leading the game at halftime. You had explosive plays offensively that South Carolina gave up in the passing game, and you had two special team scores for Tennessee. That was the difference. Now, that can make a big difference, obviously, and that meant that Tennessee was the better team on that day. Um, we just are saying that when you go into this game, no matter the ranking, I wouldn't expect either team to go win by, say, three touchdowns. Now, maybe, maybe Tennessee blows South Carolina out. Maybe South Carolina – is a lot better offensively than we think, and can go score a bunch of points somehow. I don't anticipate any of that happening. So that's, you know, sort of the two sides, what we mean of when we talk about how these
0: teams are similar. Yeah, and, and even, I mean, stylistically, yes, they are. I even tend to think that Tennessee last year probably wasn't that much better than South Carolina. Yeah. Um, I did find, so SP plus – And and like I said, if you go on the front page right now of Gamecock Central, Will Helms has a story up. Um, Tennessee overall, SP Plus actually has Tennessee as the 19th best team in the country with their SP rating and uh, South Carolina 36. So add in the fact, you know, according to them, that means about 60% of the time Tennessee would win, right? Well, you don't, you know, 60% means, if you play 10 times, you know Tennessee's going to win six, South Carolina's going to win four. How does it actually play out the one time they do play? It is in Columbia, and it is game one, Chris. You never know with a game one. So, uh, by the way, those who are still watching, listening, we appreciate it. You see it going across your screen right there. If you want to get in on GamecockCentral.com, now is the time to do it. If you're not a subscriber, while we're here, Go to GamecockCentral.com. There's a link at the top, but make sure the code BEATUT is in. You'll get 60% off your first year of an annual subscription. So if you've enjoyed the shows, um, we're going to keep doing the shows every single day. We appreciate um, you you listening and watching. All we ask, just consider checking us out on GamecockCentral.com. And Chris, real quick, you want to tell them, what all they can get on GamecockCentral.com right now. Yeah, and there's a, a
1: longer sort of explanation of like what our site's all about, some of the stuff you can get if you go to join.gamecockcentral.com. It'll have a link to that same promo there, and it gives you like the history of our site and all sorts of cool stuff. But yeah, man, just so dirt last football season, we did 50 content items a week during game week. Some are free, some are behind like our subscriber paywall. Um, but we go in-depth. Accurate reporting. We expand on a lot of the stuff we talk about here. You can ask us a question anytime you want on the Insiders Forum. You don't have to wait for the show. Um, Big community of Gamecock fans there. We drop recruiting scoop, football, insider stuff. It's really cool, and we really think that if you give us a try, you guys will like it. It's 11 cents a day, guys, with this deal. So um, it's a really good time to jump in on it. First year, 11
0: cents a day. So good stuff. Appreciate anybody that will try us out. Um, so, all right, little, I would say, uh, announcement here. It looks like, I guess, Chris, we're locked in. Market on Main tomorrow. You want to go have lunch? Um, yeah. If I, I don't know an exact time, be on the lookout. We'll tweet it. We'll put it on the site. Anybody who um, wants to just sort of step away during lunch tomorrow, we're going to do the show live from Market on Main. Uh, that's on Main Street, Columbia. We had a great time out there. Chris and I are going to get some uh, some grub again, and uh, you guys come and stop by and say hello. And uh, then, of course, on Saturday they've got their great uh, watch party going on. Still tickets available. You pay fifty dollars ahead up front, but you actually are able to uh, get your meal, your three course tailgating meal with that uh, included. So there's no additional charge on that. You just got to pay for your drinks. They got live music before the game. Plenty of stuff. Great stuff going on at Market All Main at their 23-foot LED outdoor screen. So Friday, we'll have um, we'll have our insider from Tennessee on from VolQuest.com. And uh, then Chris and I will be live from Market on Maine. We'll get you a time. I'm guessing it's going to be sort of later in the afternoon, not later in the afternoon, but not like at noon or anything. Uh, but we'll, we'll figure that out. So be on the lookout for that. We'll be live, Market on Main. Two days away, Chris. Um, you got anything else for today, or, or are we good?
1: I think we're good, man. We've uh gone about an hour ten here. So appreciate everybody watching. Really good stuff with Alyssa if you like her own late. Go back and check out what she had to say. Really good stuff. Dude, we knew, you know, I, I wanted to bring that up during the show. Like we knew, I can't remember when it was, but we we're like, she's like gonna be on Sports Center pretty uh pretty sooner than later. And so that ended up happening. And I was not surprised whatsoever.
0: Um, no, no surprise. Yeah. And, and dude, I I honestly like legitimately appreciate that she because I was like hey you got 15 or 20 minutes she's like I can go until three o'clock so she could have been eating her lunch but she joined us so I I mean that's pretty awesome that she still makes time for us over at Gamecock Central and I know she'll she'll do a great job doing the sideline for the game and hopefully she finds out what Muschamp eats at halftime for us because <laughs> now i really want to know
1: <laughs> i know me too she needs to that that's the important stuff so i know we can count on her to do it
0: yep all right so guys gals everybody listening watching all that stuff we appreciate it hit the uh, like button subscribe button the review button hit all the buttons <laughs> and uh come hang out with us market on main friday until then for chris i'm Wes. we will see you then